0: Alright, this is another one of these uh, nightcap episodes. I'm drinking a gin and tonic. Um, Man, what a day. Oh, what a day. I gotta figure out... I gotta... These grunts. We'll get to these grunts. Why I'm grunting like this. Whew! I birthed a child today, everybody. (laughs) No, it's not true. I, uh... Man, I was expecting... um, I've had a pretty busy couple of weeks with comedy and stuff, and I was like, I have this stretch of, like, I had a couple shows get canceled in this next two-week stretch. I was like, this will be a nice, like, easy, light stretch. I'll work on some new material, um, play a little bit of extra golf, have some fun. I was... uh, My brother-in-law, my future brother-in-law, is... One of his good friends is a club fitter, so I was going to – my plan this week was to go up. It was like – this was a, the, the leisure that I had, the uh, the casualness with which I was taking my week. It was like, well, you know what I'll do is one day I'll go up and get fit for clubs. Um, I have clubs, golf clubs. One day I'll go up, I'll get fit for clubs, and then I'll have my clubs adjusted to that spec, maybe pick them up a day or two later, play a round of golf – I'll fit comedy around that. I'll do shows up by the uh, the location that this guy fits clubs at. We'll make this week nice, leisurely, easy. But it was for not because uh, well, it's just true of life, right? Like I, I don't know. This morning, um, so my daughter got COVID in December, and last night she was she basically just coughed herself awake the whole night. She was awake pretty much the whole night. And so this morning, um, she was awake so much, by the way, I normally, I'm like a between 11 and midnight guy. Um, I'm a, yeah, I go to sleep between 11 and midnight and I, I didn't get to bed until about one thirty because I was like, it's just my daughter's cough had just gotten like a little bit worse. It was a little bit stressful. Didn't sound quite right, and she kept waking herself up coughing. And then about 1 30, it had kind of calmed down. I'd given her water, we'd done the up and down, I'd given her some medicine, just Tylenol, um, basically just in case she had a headache more than anything. She didn't even really have a fever. And so, my thought was because she's had this cough for so long, is um, we'd wake up in the morning, and what often happens in the morning is that she coughs more in the morning than at night so she'll have a little bit of a cough in the morning take her to daycare move on with our week keep working away this cough it's been around for a while but we had just we took her to the doctor a couple weeks ago and they were like oh she's fine no big deal we can't see anything wrong with her besides this cough and the cough seems to be like post what did they call it like a post infection cough obviously everybody's worried about uh covid She had COVID in December. I tested her today, negative. She got tested. So um, anyway, what ends up happening is the cough is bad enough that I was like, I kind of want to keep her home and I'll just deal with it and uh, work my day job with her in the house and then we'll figure out, I don't know what the, we'll figure out, you know, what to do with her. And, um, so I, I keep her home and she just like is lethargic. Part of the reason obviously is because she hasn't slept much the night before, but part of the reason it's like, she's got these like shallow breaths and I'm just worried, just worried. And I'm not a worrying guy. I'm not a, uh, what about, what would you say? I'm anxious. I don't know how I would describe myself. I think in crisis. I'm pretty good. Part of the reason is probably because I live my life considering the worst case scenario all the time. And so when it actually happens, I'm like ready. I'm prepared mentally. Um, but my daughter was like, you know, these shallow breaths are a little worrisome. My instinct, my parental instinct, where you're just like, you know, someone who isn't a parent, maybe someone who isn't around my daughter all the time might look at this and go like, eh, it's probably not that big of a deal. And I'm like, eh, this doesn't seem great. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. So I call her pediatrician. They can't get me in for an appointment. Oh, I didn't mention the many trips I took up and down our stairs last night. My back seized up on the very last one like the eighth trip up, I go to put my daughter in her crib and I feel like that feeling where you're like, oh, you have to let go of this child because your back hurts so bad. I fought that, put her down easy and came down and I was like, oh no, I know this feeling. This isn't going to feel good in the morning. I woke up and it's, so typically I get, um, at least in recent years, I get a lower back. I throw my lower back out and that's not good either. By the way, I hope you don't care that you're like a drink rattling. It's a nightcap. I'm going to pause and make another drink at some point. Um, so anyway, doesn't feel perfect. doesn't feel good. Um. And so I, I tried to schedule an appointment with my daughter's pediatrician. They don't have any appointments today, so they recommend that we take her to a respiratory specialist. And I'm like, this seems, this is dicey. This doesn't feel good. That's not a, I don't love that. Give her a rapid test. She's negative. Take her to the respiratory specialist. They test her also. Uh, The nurse, great dude. Um, The like whatever intake nurse, I think is what they call it. Awesome. Uh, Really, my daughter- Responded to him well. Very good. The do- the doctor comes in. I by the way, I can also hear what's going on on the other side of this door because in Tacoma they're creating these like clinics. This is a respiratory clinic, but it's inside of like a house, like what would have been like a dorm house at a uh, at a uh, a local college. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna say so that I don't. This is the place, by the way, where I got my uh, my second covid shot was like an apartment above there's like these little tiny like kind of they call them like boutique clinics that are going in anyway um because it's just like a 120 year old house that's really not been like retrofitted for medical equipment um i can hear what they're saying and it's like a little more ominous than the nurse was being in the room she comes in and immediately she like checks my daughter she's like this is what I'm worried about I don't feel good about this uh lifts up her shirt and she's like see how she's breathing and it's like sucking in between her ribs on her back this is a bad sign I want you to go to the ER right now I'm going to tell them you're coming. It's probably not something horrible, but I want you to go to the ER right now. Mind you, my daughter is lethargic and tired and grumpy and doesn't want to walk anywhere. My back is fucked, and I'm carrying this just 30-pound boulder around with me. Um, So we get to the ER, and I'm like at the point basically where once I set this kid down, I'm not picking her up again. And the nurse, uh, the the first nurse that I talked to, does not give a fuck about my back pain at all. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like be helpful. I feel like I'm I, at this point, by the way, I'll kiss my own ass. I think I'm doing pretty great as a dad. I leave my job. I take my daughter to a. They were like, oh, we don't have her availability at the the pediatrician, but I I get her to the um, the specialist. I just, I just took off my uh, hospital wristband, actually. I feel like I'm being a pretty good dad. I took my daughter to the ER. This is all very scary. and in- I almost actually, I will say this. Uh, when they told me I had to take my daughter to the ER, there was a moment where I almost, like, cried in my car. But I was like, my daughter is not stressed out you know what i mean like she doesn't know what's going on and i don't need to make her more stressed out so the i like a toxic masculine man i shoved my fucking emotions deep inside swallowed them up drove my daughter to the hospital we get into the er and um tacoma general er where uh where i was born by the way not in the er but i was born at tacoma general. Um, in the system of hospitals that no, not in the system of hospitals that my daughter was born in, but good hospital. They've been good to my, uh, my mom over the years. She's had a couple emergencies where she's gone in there. Um, anyway, long story short, uh, my daughter had a, um, she's got a non COVID virus. So, respiratory virus. So, we got her on whatever. I got to wake up every four hours. In fact, I just administered this medicine. So, every moment I'm talking to you is one less minute of sleep that I'm getting uh, before I have to wake her up and give her this medicine again. And like a good feminist partner, I'm taking tomorrow off also. I'm waking up in the middle of the night to do this what a, what a guy I am. God damn. Part of this is just future propaganda for me to quit my day job when comedy finally makes enough money to fucking justify it. But, um, and then I, by the way, I went to, my back was fucking just throbbing. Just shooting with pain. It still is, by the way. I have to stay in like a specific position to make it feel okay. And I went to, I go to this urgent care because I throw out my I've my lower back like four times since my daughter was born, and they give me this shot called Toradol that I've talked about on this podcast. That's like a, it's basically like shooting ibuprofen into your veins. And I was like, simple, bam, boom. Go down to the urgent care. Get this shot while my wife is sitting with my daughter. I'll come back feeling like a champion. I'll throw my daughter over my shoulders, like the whole thing. I go down to the fucking urgent care. They say on the website there's six people in line. Well, this is a f- very misleading. I show up at the urgent care at like 4 o'clock. They close at 8. And they go, well, our per- our-, our first person in line, walk up, first person in line, Has been waiting for 4 hours and 50 minutes. And you'll be last in line. So what we're estimating. Is that the wait is 4 hours and 50 minutes. This is at 4 o'clock. They say. Also we close at 8 o'clock. Which means that we can't guarantee that we will see you. All I need is for these motherfuckers. To let me pull down my pants. Shoot toward all of my ass. Send me on my way. But no. Earlier in the day, before I knew we were going to be taking my daughter to the to the hospital, I ordered an Instacart that included, um, what do you call those? Like the heat, uh, oh, fuck, heat, not pads, patches, heat patches. Stuck, uh, you stick them to your back. I'd never used them before, but someone recommended them to me for back pain, so I... I ordered them and then quickly realized, like, there's nobody else in my house that can put this patch on my back. And I certainly can't do it. I'm in far too much pain. So the one thing I did do after leaving the uh, the urgent care, I did give the urgent care, by the way, a uh, um, very passive-aggressive. I go, fucking piece of shit, while I was walking out the door. I just wanted to know that, like, this is not making people happy. What's the point of this urgent care existing if... So I have to go to the ER for, like, a non-narcotic treatment of my back? And this was the shortest, supposedly the shortest line in this urgent care system at this location. Anyway, my daughter's feeling a lot better. We gave her some... She's got some... uh, medicine. Um, they're kind of going at it like asthma, allergies, and virus. We're going to attack all three of these things. And my daughter went from like this fucking blob to like a different person. So anyway, things are looking up in that regard. She really hates receiving medicine in the middle of the night. I've just recently discovered And so, it'll be a... I have to give it to her every four hours. So, like I said, I'm going to go sleep whenever I get done with this. And you'll get this much later. So, hopefully, the... This, uh... I won't be in this situation at that point. Because if I'm still in the the thick of the middle of the night... I fucked up. It means that I couldn't get to sleep. Or something like that. And if I can't get to sleep, it's going to be very sad. Because I need to wake up so soon. Um... And then my back's still unresolved. I'm trading alcohol for ibuprofen right now. So I. they say these heat pads, your heat patches, you're only supposed to use them for eight hours. This thing sweated off of me in about uh, four hours. It made a huge difference though. I didn't know how good those things were. They have like pain relief medicine in them maybe? I don't know. Maybe that's not true. Eight out of 24 hours. It doesn't seem like a lot. Um, anyway, I promised some poop stories. The one, uh, by the way, shout out to Bob Springer. I hope that I'm not, we've, we've discussed pseudonyms and if I fucked up, I'll happily delete this. Um, Bob Springer, the one, the one and only, uh, to this point founding member of the Nobody Likes Casey McLean Substack, where you're listening to this podcast right now, and yeah, Bob's the man, um, by the way, Bob, if you're listening to this and your wife, sweet folks, love you both, uh, the best comedy fans in the world, by the way, absolutely the best, could, I mean, maybe my only fans, but also couldn't ask for better, um, We were messaging on Facebook, and yes, I was messaging you while I was in the emergency room with my daughter. Yes, that's how much comedy means to me. But I did put the question out, have I given you guys the poop stories? I have a couple poop stories, and I, uh, my pal Bob said that I have not. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause this recording, and I'm going to make another drink, and I'm going to tell you guys the poop stories. Because I got a couple of very good poop stories. All right, I've switched to uh, Corona and on a review, Bob's wife uh, was recently Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo to you, Bob's wife. <laughs> I did send uh, old Bob, God Bob, Bobby, Bobby boy. If I have to censor your name, there's a lot of fucking beeps in this podcast. Um, I sent a sentimental message because these folks, let me tell you, they've been to, so I didn't know, I was trying to remember what, when they like started interacting with me on social media. I don't have the confidence to say when they became fans. I don't know if you noticed that. If, I, if you can tell how much I'm dancing around this topic. And it was... last April I featured for a dude named Chris Porter and they came out to those shows very fun time Uh, they bought shirts they've since seen me perform maybe like fucking 10 times too many guys by the way you're like gotta be sick of my material at this point in fact there's like jokes that I'm like well fuck Bob and Bob's wife are in the audience (laughs) we gotta come up with code names for her and maybe go back to the code names. I kind of like the code names. Um, but yeah, there's like jokes where I'm like, well, if they're there, I got to do something new. I can't just give them the same show. Even if this joke isn't working, at least they can see me bomb a new joke rather than just hear the same joke for the 11th time in the calendar year. Um,. Yeah. Anyway, they're the best. I, just, I feel very grateful. They've seen me perform a bunch of times. They've bought shirts. I mean, God, their whole fucking family is decked out in my merch shirts with more to come. And, um, part of the deal, by the way, if you become a founding member of the Substack, I think that's the deal. I'll send you when I make new merch, I'm going to send you new merch, Bob and anybody else. Maybe there'll be limited edition or whatever, or uh, if it ever matters to anybody, some signed merch. But, but let put enough about this stupid merch. Enough about that. Let's talk about poop. What are we waiting for? All right, I need to drink a drink of Corona before this. So. When I was a kid, I, I've now found out there's variations of this. There used to be this thing called a poop dollar. This is the most common variation, I believe, is that people, they put poop on one side of a dollar. Someone comes, they pick it up. We would do, um, called it shit wallet. You'd, put, you'd uh, put dog shit on the bottom side of a wallet put it outside of a Safeway or a grocery store if you're not in the area. Put it outside of a grocery store. Uh, someone would be like, a good Samaritan, by the way, which is truly maybe the funniest part of this prank, is a good Well, actually, maybe even funnier is someone who's a piece of shit that was going to take this, because this happened a couple times, too, where someone put the wallet in their pocket, and there's dog shit on the bottom of it. So they get dog shit... On the inside of their pants pocket. That was one. Prank that we used to do. Um, I can, I was. Uh, so there's two options. I've either actually told this on a podcast. Or it was on my drive with Jess Everett. To Montana. Or both. But. Um, those are just the most talking I have done. In a long time, are those two circumstances? Um, it's it's late, by the way. It's like almost eleven o'clock. My is it eleven o'clock my time? No, I don't know my fucking phone. Time's a flat circle. That's what I've heard. So it doesn't even matter. Um, so I was a good. Uh, I was a good mastermind. I was too much of a coward to ever execute any, uh, any pranks, but I had the devious mind, the deviant mind, 10 55 PM. That's what time it is. I had the deviant mind that would come up with these just absolutely lewd and disgusting ideas. So I was like, Hey guys, we've been doing shit wallet for a while. That's funny but why don't we do poop purse? And they were like, what's poop purse? And I go, well, what poop purse would be is you buy a purse from Goodwill, inexpensive purse, fill that purse with poop, do the same thing. And we had we were talking about this in front of a, uh, a Mormon fellow that we went to school with. Not, by the way, the Mormon fellow that has made uh, an appearance on the voicemail, but... Another one. And he said, Well, what if it was human poop? Would that be funnier? And we were like, Well, it would be the funniest if it was your human poop. And so this Mormon dude, we talked him into pooping into a purse and he did it. And then we're waiting outside of this grocery store and. Nobody's picking up this purse. It is like, it's, you know, very close to 9 11 times. It's like 2003. So a mysterious purse maybe doesn't get the most attention. People aren't dying to pick it up. But eventually, someone does pick up this purse. And it's a guy who we went to high school with who was actually dating. The ex-girlfriend of one of the guys in the car. I now remember that detail. He was, oh my God, my back hurts so bad. Oh my God, I just tried to reposition. And my back is just fucking destroyed. This dude was dating uh, the ex-girlfriend of one of the guys in the car, which made it sweet vengeance. Also, he was like a very, at the time we would have called it metrosexual and OCD, basically like germaphobe. Also dressed perfectly all the time, had like a tanning bed tan, uh, frosted tips very likely. Um, And we watch him, he's like a good boy though, sweet boy, picks up this purse, takes it into this Safeway grocery store, and then you watch him come out on the verge of vomiting and throw the purse in the garbage outside to Safeway perfect, perfect result. He brought it in to Lost and Found, to the manager of Safeway, a purse with a human log of shit in it. He brought it to the manager. Um, I had another, my other good had other ones that probably I got to determine the statute of limitations on. <laughs> but one of them I did was, um, again, mastermind, too much of a coward to do it. If I knew world war two history better, I'd give you the, uh, uh, the third Reich general who I represent in this evil plot. But, um, I want to say Goebbels, but I don't even know what, I just know Goebbels from the fact that everyone, he's like the second guy, the second worst guy in World War II. Maybe Mussolini's the second worst guy. We don't even know who the Japanese guy is, by the way. Like, that doesn't get taught to us. Anyway. Also, the let's, I mean, the Japanese guy, let's find out. uh god my fucking back we'll find out real quick what's the japanese got japanese emperor world war ii let's see japanese emperor yeah world war ii pretty high on the search list oh Hi- hirohito yeah we, we know we've heard that guy but people gotta still be named hirohito right is he is that name is hirohito the hitler of because you don't you, there's a rare adolf most of them seem adolf Coors. um there's a lot, there were a lot of adolfs and then no more adolfs and you got to wonder there's no more hitlers absolutely no more hitlers were there no more Hirohitos? were there no more mussolinis like did we did these people change their names um anyway this was my uh this was my brainchild but not my prank I'm on the production side not the if it was a jackass movie I'm uh oh what's that guy's name not Lance it's not Lance Bangs is it that's like a one of the camera guys Jeff Tremaine I'm Jeff Tremaine I'm not I'm not Johnny Knoxville or Bam Margera or I just name off the entire cast all the way down to the CKY years. I'm not Rab himself. I'm not Ray Kion. Um, this was my big my big prank. I think this is brilliant. To this day, like the fact that my disgusting mind came up with this, but way back when, I think it's, I think it's truly brilliant. So in the early two thousands at Best Buy, they used to have stereos like uh, personal like bedroom stereos they called them uh, mini systems mini stereos these like everything came with it it was like a receiver like a five disc cd changer some speakers usually two speakers with some subwoofers mids and uh, tweeters all in them uh usually had a remote big deal was uh when they became Digital tuning for you could have like presets, radio station presets. But yeah, the other thing was how many CDs does this bad boy play and how loud are those subwoofers? And you'd go to Best Buy and you'd turn on always what I would do you turn on Cube 93, the hip hop station, and let's hear how that bass sounds on this one. And then let's walk to the next one. Let's hear how the bass sounds on this one. And eventually, if you're a good person, you would just turn them off. But sometimes there would be this just absolute fucking potpourri of sound. Too many of these stereos on. But my idea was, again, you're not even, you can't even imagine how brilliant this is for like a 17-year-old in 2003 to come up with. It's so fucking funny and smart, in my opinion, you take a blank CD. We all had CD burners in our computers back then. You take a blank CD. You burn a CD where the first track is 20 minutes of silence. The second track is the audio file for the orgasm scene in a porno. You walk into Best Buy. You put the CD in. to one. Of, you're never going to see the CD again, by the way. You put the CD in, blank CD, into one of these CD players. There's 70 of them. They sold so many of these things. All there to be tested. All there to be sampled. Put the CD in. Start track one. Turn it all the way up. But it's silence. You walk away. And then 20 minutes later, a screaming orgasm is playing over a loudspeaker. And then the employees have to run over, and there's still a lag period when the employees get over there because they don't know which of these 70 fucking systems is playing this audio. Brilliant. Brilliant. I didn't execute it, just thought it up. It was executed by friends of mine. But my worst slash best execution was my high school best friend, Matt, who we played, uh, this might end up on stage at some point, but we, we did, uh, played baseball together from when we were very young until, um, through high school. And Matt was like a catcher on the baseball team. We were, you know, I, his parents were phenomenal to me, by the way. Um, there's no way they're going to hear this podcast, but they were great. Always very good to me. Uh, in times, by the way, the, when like my family was not doing well, they were very good to me. Uh we went to baseball camp together at Central Washington University. It's a hundred degrees. We're staying in the dorms. Uh Matt's first move gets into the dorm room, sets up a fan. That seems smart. It's a hundred degrees. Nobody's been in these dorms in fucking months. Of course. August in Ellensburg, Washington, 100 degrees, you set up a fan, you must. Second move, fart directly into that fan. <laughs> he used to come in and uh, I, I would be in the shower and he'd just like bring a cup of fucking cold water and hit me. We were like, you know, we fucked with each other a lot. We we had a game well into like our mid-20s. Uh, The game wasn't incredibly unique, but our rules were unique, which is... The game is just slapping each other in the nuts. But the rules were that because it got so out of hand at a point is that nobody could ever, we called it plus one. Oh, my back. Oh, my back. Nobody could ever be more than plus one. So if I hit you in the nuts, if we're even, I hit you in the nuts, I'm plus one. Which means I can't hit you again. You can hit me two times before you're plus one. So once you've been hit once, since the other person's plus one, you can live in peace, and that person has to live in constant fear. And then if you act, if you broke the, if you didn't realize the score and you broke it, you gave up two slaps, so you would go from plus one to plus three. But that's not. Oh my back hurts so goddamn bad, everybody. I can't drink the pain away either because I have to be alert enough in a couple hours to wake up and give my daughter more medicine. So the worst influence I ever was on my buddy Matt was I suggested that it would be funny if he took a shit on the hood of a car. And our first foray into this We drove out to a uh, kind of rural, is probably not the right word, but like a low population density part of the city that we lived in and found a, you know, like a, it was like a project dodge dart or something like that that was sitting on the corner of someone's property. He took a shit on it. It was funny, but like, ultimately anticlimactic because it's uh it w- there was not a lot of risk. The pr- nobody ever like came out or anything like that. We did f- discover that one thing we forgot is that Matt would need toilet paper, and he didn't have toilet paper. So first time that was the only adversity was no toilet paper. The second time. We remember the toilet paper, but we don't think through the rest of it anymore. The move is just, let's shit on a car. So we drive through a housing development the second time. And Matt is the driver. I don't even think I had my driver's license at this point. Matt's driving. He gets out of the car. He's got toilet paper this time, thankfully. Gets on the hood of this car this is a neighborhood we're not familiar with. We don't know whose car this is. It's not a revenge thing. In fact, that's the funny part is that somebody's going to wake up and be like, who did I wrong so badly that they shit on the hood of my car? And the answer is probably somebody, but that's not who did the shitting on your car. And so Matt drives, he drives a Ford Escort, which they don't even make those anymore, I believe. But like, the old ones, too. Like, not a good, not the nice Ford Escorts, but the the just shitty go-kart ones. And he's a big dude, like a 300-pound-at-the-time guy. And uh, he gets up on the hood of this car. The other thing we discovered, the one other R&D uh, discovery we made is that on the hood of, like, a dark-colored car, you can't see the shit. Like, it's not as funny. We had to trust the Matt shit. So Matt gets up. We go to this cul-de-sac. We find the target. It's like a silver sedan. Matt gets up on the car. He's squatting. (laughs) Taking just a dark brown shit on a light silver hood. (laughs) He's wiping. (laughs) And all of a sudden, the neighbor's garage door (laughs) opens. And the neighbor starts yelling at him. Because we're in this cul-de-sac, and the people who he's shitting on their car, like, they're not home. So the neighbor's just screaming at him, and Matt's still wiping. And he's got to wipe. He's got this toilet paper. He's got to wipe. He's got to wipe enough to be able to get back into his car. And his, like, girlfriend's in the passenger seat. Well, the stupidest thing of this is he drove. There's four of us in the car, including Matt, he gets out of the driver's seat and does all this. So we don't even have, like, the opportunity for a quick getaway. Like, someone just dives in and we peel away. We have to have... I think he even took the keys out of the ignition. So he's shitting just dark logs on this... Uh, on this... Uh, <laughs> on this... Uh, I'm not turning way back to laughing hard. On this sedan. And the neighbor comes out. And they have, like, I remember it very vividly because they have, like, a cordless, one of those cordless landline phones. But they're not even, they're holding it in their hand. They're just baffled at the idea that this is even happening. And so, my friend Matt, like, finishes wiping, runs to the car. Like, this. he's got urgency, runs to the car. This person just can't even imagine what the fuck has happened. And then... Matt gets in. We fucking peel out of there. But this isn't our neighborhood. Like, we don't know. So we go about a fucking block and a half, and it's a dead end. <laughs> it's a cul-de-sac. It's a full-on It's a cul-de-sac. That we, so we turn around and go flying back to try to just not let this person see our plates. And um, we drive by i i'm like 50 50 in my mind whether this person the neighbor was calling the homeowners whose car this was or if they were calling the police because they're just again now taking a close look like doing a forensic examination of my friends the the just disgusting poop logs that my friend put my friend matt put on this this car. And again, the funny thing to me is the idea that this person is just so confused at what they did to deserve this karma. Listen, as a as a 35-year-old dad, I would not find this funny at all if it happened to me. That's not true though. That's a lie. I'm lying to you. I would hate it, but I'd find it funny. I'd get it. My my friends, different friends, used to do... What did they call it? Like, they would ruckus, I think is what they called it. And they would just go, basically just vandalize. They called it a, bouldering cars. They would throw just, like, rocks through the back windows of cars. Um, or they would... Like knock mailboxes down and shit. I never took part in any of that in any way because one, I mean, the mailbox thing is like a federal offense or at least that's the my fucking corny ass uh believed that when people told me that, but also the the I just i didn't I was not really into doing like permanent damage. I was into like the reaction or the idea of the reaction. It's not funny to me the idea of somebody coming out to their car and their back windshield is destroyed and their mailbox is on the ground like that's not that's not exciting but a a just shit log on the hood of their car truly and the i'll never i'll never lose the image of my friend i'll be i could have alzheimer's and the last thing i'll remember is my friend matt squatting on the hood of this silver sedan trying to keep his balance and take a shit and then figure out how to wipe. Truly chef's kiss. Wonderful. Uh, thank you for, for, uh, Bob, for telling me that I had not shared it so that I could share it. It was a very fun time in my life. Um, thank you for listening to this podcast. Hey, I have a bunch of stand updates coming up. Go to the casey slash calendar. At some point in my life, I'll update that. Uh, I'll be in where so many places, fucking Appleton, Wisconsin, Spokane is moved to Tacoma, by the way. Fourth of July weekend, I will be in, in Tacoma, Washington. July, uh, June 12th, I'll be headlining Tacoma Comedy Club's brunch show. And on uh, June or July 1st and 2nd, I will be co headlining with my buddy Josh Firestein. Josh and I might have a little little project in the works. I got a couple things cooking, a couple ideas floating around the old noggin. Um Louisville, Kentucky, Cascade, Idaho, uh what else? Fucking Bozeman, Montana. Again, we're going to try to make that work. I don't have anything in Spokane. I'm dying to get back out there. I love it out there. Um I don't know. Some other places. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please become, tell your friends to become, you don't get those poop stories everywhere. Tell your friends to become Substack subscribers. Uh, Thank you for listening. And I will, I have a, there'll be a full episode out. I think the day after this or whatever, it'll be good. You'll be fine. Thank you for listening. I love you. Bye.